No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Israel and his family need more food, but his sons won't return to Egypt without Benjamin. This is what Israel fears the most. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 43, right here on Simply the Bible. Because of the famine in Canaan, Jacob sent his sons to Egypt to purchase grain. There they met the Lord of the land, who was really Joseph, although they didn't recognize him. He treated them roughly, accused them of being spies, imprisoned Simeon, and told them to bring back Benjamin to prove their story. They returned home with the grain and discovered that each man's money was in his sack. Jacob concluded that all things were against him and was unwilling to send Benjamin with them to purchase more grain. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 43. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass when they had eaten up the grain which they had brought from Egypt that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little food. The grain they had received from Egypt is just about used up. They have just enough to last the duration of another trip to Egypt. Now, Israel knows that there are problems with his sons going back to Egypt. First, the Lord of the land demanded that they bring Benjamin with them if they ever wanted to see Simeon again. Second, they have the problem of the money with which they purchased the grain the first time being in their sacks. They would have some explaining to do. But Israel tells him to go back and buy food without even mentioning Benjamin. They are desperate. But Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Judah speaks up for the others. He is the fourth oldest, but Reuben, Simeon, and Levi have lost the birthright because of their sins, although this fact isn't revealed until Israel is on his deathbed. Judah takes the lead in talking sense to their father. He knows that it is useless for them to go down to Egypt without Benjamin. He also knows how much his father's heart is bound up with his youngest son, Benjamin. Sometimes, adult children can help their parents see things that they would not otherwise see. Blessed are those parents who accept their children's good advice rather than being obstinate. Verse 6, And Israel said, Why did you deal so wrongfully with me as to tell the man whether you had still another brother? But they said, The man asked us pointedly about ourselves and our family, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to these words. Could we possibly have known that he would say, bring your brother down? Earlier, when Jacob discovered that Simeon was imprisoned and that the Lord of the land wanted Benjamin, he cried out, all these things are against me. Now he blames his sons for dealing wrongfully with him by telling the Lord of the land that they had another brother. 
Jacob is afraid of losing Benjamin and looking for someone to blame. His sons respond, Hey, we just answered the man's questions. How were we supposed to know that he'd say, Bring your brother here? Then Judah said to Israel, his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I myself will be surety for him. From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For if we had not lingered, surely by now we would have returned the second time. As the spokesman for his brothers, Judah presents a reasonable argument and gives wise counsel to his dad. If they will arise and go down to Egypt, then they will live and not die. Israel and all his children and grandchildren will survive. Judah also offers to be surety for Benjamin by taking personal responsibility to bring him home safely. Judah will protect the boy as if Israel himself were going with them. Perhaps Israel is afraid to send Benjamin with his sons because when he sent Joseph to them, then Joseph never returned. But Judah makes it clear that he will never let this happen to Benjamin. If he fails to bring Benjamin back safely into his father's arms, then he will personally bear the blame forever. Rather than being overwhelmed by fear, Judah speaks with faith that if they had not delayed, then they would have already returned with Benjamin, Simeon, and the food. Judah demonstrates the kind of noble character and faith that sets him apart as the son from whom the kings of Israel would come. One of the first requirements of leadership is the willingness to take personal responsibility and personal risk in a good endeavor, believing that God will bless. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Judah demonstrates this kind of faithful leadership. He is living up to his name, which means praise. His willingness to be surety for his brother points to Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was willing to take personal responsibility and personal risk to be surety for us all. He guarantees to bring us safely to the Father in heaven. We are in this dangerous world as lambs among wolves, Yet Jesus protects and keeps us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins and held captive by Satan. But Jesus offered to be our surety. He took responsibility for us by dying in our place on the cross. And he purchased us with his own blood. God proved that he accepted Christ's sacrifice by raising him from the dead. Because Jesus is our surety, we have confidence that we will live and not die. What a beautiful picture Judah gives us here of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11. And their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down a present for the man, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double money in your hand 
and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and arise. Go back to the man and may God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may release your other brother and Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. It is interesting how the text refers to Israel in this chapter, but in the previous chapter, when he declared that all things were against him, he was called Jacob. This reflects the fact that some days he acted like Israel, the one who is governed by God, and on other days he acted like Jacob, the heel catcher. How like Jacob we are, one day caught up in the things of the Spirit, the next day succumbing to the weakness of our flesh. As the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. As Israel, we see him surrendering the situation to God and trusting Benjamin to his sovereign care. But as Jacob, we see him preparing a gift for the Lord of the land and returning with double payment. We will see that this Jacob action really was completely unnecessary. But to tell you the truth, I understand vacillating between entrusting a situation to the Lord and leaning on the arm of flesh. Part of the reason is that it isn't always clear what is God's part and what is my part. And you know, I suspect... There's a little bit of Jacob and Israel in all of us. When Israel faced a frightening encounter with his brother Esau, he prayed for mercy, and then he prepared a gift. This combination worked before, and now he repeats it. For he says, May God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may release your other brother and Benjamin. Notice that he addresses his prayer to God Almighty. El Shaddai. If ever he needed the almighty hand of God working on his behalf, it is now. God holds every human heart in his hand, and he can direct it as he wills. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a watercourse wherever he pleases. Israel prays for mercy so that both Simeon and Benjamin will be released and returned to him. Since Jesus is our great high priest in heaven, who sympathizes with our human weaknesses, the author of Hebrews encourages us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Now Israel comes to a place of total resignation, having done everything he can to ensure safe passage for his sons and the safe return of Simeon and Benjamin, he faces the worst-case scenario. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. Sometimes we spend so much time worrying that we don't do anything. We have the paralysis of analysis. To get us over the hump, it is important that we square up with our fear. What is the worst thing that can happen? The Apostle Paul did this when from Nero's prison cell, he wrote to the Philippians, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. In Paul's mind, whether he lived or died, he was in good hands. 
Likewise, Israel squarely faces the fact that he could lose Benjamin, the one remaining son of his dearly loved Rachel. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. He resolves in his own mind that even if he is bereaved, then the Lord will sustain him. It would be painful, but he could go on. I call this the place of blessed acceptance. When we hear bad news, we sometimes deny it, pretending that it isn't true. Then we wrestle with it, determining to do everything in our power to change it. If our efforts are fruitless, we sometimes resort to complaining or blaming others. Our real problem is that we haven't accepted the truth. However, when we finally accept this situation as that which God Almighty has allowed and completely resign ourselves to His perfect will, then we have come to the place of blessed acceptance. And there is abounding grace and peace to be discovered. What is the worst thing that can happen? God will still be there to help you. His love will not fail. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But on the other hand, it is more likely that by fully surrendering the situation to God, you will find that He has prepared something beautiful for you that you couldn't believe even if He told you. He is waiting for you to let go and fall into His arms so that He can be gracious to you. What are you waiting for? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go by their website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Now, tomorrow we're going to see what happens when Joseph's brothers return to Egypt and he prepares a feast for them, but they still don't know it's him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in Genesis on Simply the Bible.